battlefield for my Lord. Come on, family. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I am on the battlefield for my Lord. And I promise that I, till I die, I am on the battlefield for my Lord. Amen. How do you feel? You feel good. How do you feel? You feel good. Amen. Andre, how do you feel? Amen. Blessed and good. Amen. Let's just do one more song. Hopefully, um, they will come on up. Come on up. Uh, I, you know, I want to go to the hymnal. I want to go to the hymnal, and we're going to. Now, you know, we always talk about the hymns, and we need to sing more hymns. I love the hymns. I remember, anybody have the hymn on their, on their phone, the app? I have the the, the um, SDA hymnal app on my phone. And Dr. Ross, when I first downloaded this app on my phone, I used to walk through the house with it in my pocket playing the songs. You do know it played the music. Yes. And my wife and daughters used to look at me like I lost my mind because I used to have the SDA hymnals playing in my pocket. So, why did I say that? We're going to turn to the SDA hymnal today. <laughs> and I'm trying to find a song here. How about um, one of my favorites? Now, we're not going to do you like that. Let's, 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 let's go with when we all get to heaven. Can we do that? We all know that one? All right. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansion bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing, rejoicing there will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory while we walk. While we walk the pilgrim's pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sign. When we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing, rejoicing there will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the, 
when we all, when we get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing, rejoicing there will be when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Last verse. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all, when we all, what a day of rejoicing. Rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the one more time when we all get to heaven. When we all what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing. And shout the victory. Amen. Sister Brenda, you looking at me like I lost my mind. <laughs> you looking at me like I lost my mind. I can't wait to get to heaven to be with Jesus, and we will sing and shout the victory. We all we will all look back over the trials and, and remember some things. Some things we probably won't remember. I don't know exactly what's going to be going through our brains, but what I do know is that we eyes have not seen nor ears have heard that which what the Lord has in store. And I'm just wild enough to believe that when, John, when Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place, I will come again to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. I am just wild enough to believe that he's going to come back and he's going to take me to a place that when I look back over all of this right here, it will be nothing. My worst days, I'm going to look at Jesus and say, was that it? My bad days, that days when I felt like I just could not go on, was that it? My Jesus. You mean I could have done a little bit more? The word of God reminds us that if the Lord will, will, will permit this thing to continue, that the very elect will not make it. But I'm just crazy enough to believe that God is going to end this thing, that he's going to get us and take us with him. So be encouraged, family. Be encouraged. At this time, I'm going to turn this time, my time over to Dr. Ross. Um, we're going to get out the way. But um, if you've been blessed by his ministry thus far, can we just put our hands together let affirm him affirm him he's been doing this now and I know he probably don't even need our affirmation he's been doing this so long now I think he got enough stored up in the bank where he already know but every now and again the enemy will show up will show up and have you question is it really worth it it's worth it doc <laughs> it's worth it and we are truly blessed by you so come up the time is yours um, teach us lead us can we put our hands together one more time?
Good afternoon. I'm, is this my, my prism right here? Okay. They don't, they don't want me to move. I have to speak in terms that I understand. I came all the way from San Diego, and that's the, that's the applause, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel for the, for the Chiefs next year if this is the type of fan support base that they have. I'm going to do a series on depression and people who's taking no. <laughs> no, good. At, thank you for coming back. Uh, like I said, a lot of these lectures that you're learning, um, and I'm not avoiding looking at any of y'all, we have an internet congregation, so um, I like to make eye contact when I'm looking at people, but we're looking at the people on the internet. The, the purpose of these presentations is, here's a little secret you need to be hip to. God needs good people around for a long time. Uh, people that have been blessed and favored by him so that we can share that with other people. But, you know, he doesn't want us being, our lives and our lifespan being cut down short by ill practices that cause that. And so this afternoon, we're going to talk about a subject called slave food or food making us slaves. The reason why we're talking about this subject is the top two uh, diseases why Americans die are preventable. I, I think so, a couple of you just woke up. The top two reasons why people die in America are due to preventable diseases. So I just read somebody's mind. How do we prevent then what's killing us? The second cause of death is cancer. Second leading cause of death is cancer. 65% of it is preventable. Did you hear what I just said? So most of the people dying of cancer could have prevented it. There's also somebody who did this presentation before I was around because this person knows what they're doing well with the food industry. That person is called the devil. Man, this brother, look, he is the God of this world. That's what the Bible says. He's in everything, whether you realize it or not. And the one thing that glorifies and the one thing that the le devil loves to levy in is death. So it would make sense that he would want all of God's children, whether they recognize him or not, to die prematurely. Well, sorry, devil, but I'm going to give you information today that will help to prolong your life. And it's going to be very simple for you to understand. So this morning, we talked about the motto of my organization is, patients forget to take their medications. They do. But you have a belly and a brain that tells you you will not forget to eat food. Here is the first concept we need to understand about food, which will destroy some of the fake beliefs that some of us have. Number one, when you consume a food, that food is giving a command to your body cells. They cannot ignore that command. The first lie of living healthy is, let me eat this damage, I can undo it in the gym. That is not true. Once the food is consumed, the damage starts to be done. Stop telling your doctors that you developed that diabetes and all this stuff 
because of Christmas and Thanksgiving. You blame in Santa Claus and a turkey. When the only turkey that was fooled was the one that was gobbling it up. <laughs> Can I be myself, Pastor? You know, okay. So here's the first thing you need to know about yourselves. It is spoken in the Bible. We read past it and don't even know its physiology. It is appointed unto all men once to die. Here's what it is. It's a, it's a concept called apoptosis. Every single cell you have in your body is programmed to die. They start to go through that process right around 50 to 60 years of age, but here's the thing that God did. He knew that sin would program ourselves to die, but he took away all of the inflammation and the pain felt with this programmed cell death. So lie number two, expelled and exposed. There is no fountain of youth in Florida or St. Louis. There is no food that you can eat today which is going to make you live longer. <laughs> Your cells start that programmed information to die without inflammation, and it's called apoptosis. Every single cell. That's why the wise man said the vision fades. Some of you will need glasses. Some will need a cane. Some will need help mentally, etc. Because your cells have been programmed to die. So beware of people, whether they say they're institutes or not, who promise you longevity. There's only one person who created the cell who that can reverse the cell damage. And that's not anything, even if it has an Adventist label on it. I see so many people fooled by, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat this, I'm going to do this, because it's going to increase my longevity. No, it's not. Then you're an evolutionist, and you believe we came from monkeys, and not from God. And I always tell you, even though some people, you look at them long enough, I think the theory could be true. <laughs> it's not true, it's a lie. So... Here's the first thing you need to know. Who produces insulin? You, <laughs> your body. Every time you eat a meal, your body produces an insulin response based upon the quality of that meal. Does everybody follow that? But here's what you need to understand about meals. The insulin response is based upon the quality of the meal. So I'm going to use the fire department and the fire for you to understand this. This is going to make, become clear when we get to where we really want to go. So let's say I eat a meal and it produces a small fire. Okay? Small metabolic fire. I can put this fire out with this amount of water. Let's say that's your insulin. Does that make sense to everybody? All right. But let's say I eat a little bit bigger meal. And that bigger meal is producing this type of fire. Well, then I need a bigger insulin or water response to put out this fire. Is this making sense so far? All right. Now, let's say I really do some damage with a big meal. And I have this type of metabolism going on in my belly. You can't call the fire. You can't use your water hose. You can't call the fire department. You need this type of insulin response to put out this type of fire. Does that make sense? 
All right. So what happens in time is as people continue to eat this type of meal, which requires a lot of insulin, your body starts running out of insulin, and it can only produce this amount of insulin in attempts to put out this size meal. And so when that tends to happen, now we have what we call type 2 diabetes. Let me go back here. The cells in your body that produce insulin are found in a gland called the pancreas. The pancreas has specific cells that produce insulin. They're called beta cells. This all makes sense in a second. But what happens when you start producing too much insulin based upon the size of your meals, the insulin, this is the point you need to get, the insulin-producing cells no longer function it's like the eggs in a woman's ovary. When a woman hits 50, what does she enter? Can she have a baby? No. True menopause. True menopause means you don't have any eggs left to produce any babies. True diabetes type 2 means you have entered a zone where you're not producing enough insulin to process your meals. And so over time of eating those big meals, these cells get wiped out just like over time a woman only produces a certain amount of eggs. These two are genetically related. Why did I bring that up? Because type 2 diabetes is due to you not having enough cells to produce enough insulin. Most people mix this up with type 1 diabetes where your hose or your pancreas is not producing any insulin or very little insulin to put out even this fire. And I'll tell you why this is important. So a person with type 1 diabetes, they literally have no cells to produce any insulin. Does this now make sense why a type 1 has to be treated with insulin? That pills won't work? Because your pancreas is not producing enough insulin to put out the fire. You know what we're finding out about back in the day, women had babies when they were in their 20s. That has now shifted up. Most women are having babies in their 30s and 40s and help us, Jesus, close to their 50s. But have you noticed certain diseases have started to creep up as women have had babies older? Gestational diabetes, hypothyroidism. The reason why is as you get older and you try to have a baby, your body produces more inflammatory cells. Those inflammatory cells start attacking different glands of the mother. When it attacks the thyroid, hypothyroidism. When it attacks the pancreas, gestational diabetes. And if a woman in particular is not careful about her health during pregnancy, gestational diabetes turns into type di diabetes type 2. And those cells are not coming back. So here's the next concept we need to understand about our children. Some of you get mad at your parents for this. When I was a boy, play 
was go outside and play. <laughs> no, we had parents that wanted us. So. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's what I'm saying. When we were kids, play was not, I don't even know what kids use, uh, video games. I was about to say Nintendo. Y'all remember Atari with the little, the two poles? Okay, I'm, you know. What I'm saying is the sedentary lifestyle of kids now, they don't go outside and play, they don't catch any sun, you know, they, they, they don't move except from one couch to the next couch. Johnny, can you go to the store and buy Mama some milk? Mama, you heard the pastor. We're not supposed to be drinking cow's milk. Johnny, can you get me some soy milk? Mama, you heard the pastor. We're not supposed to be drinking milk. Johnny, can you get up off the couch? Mama, you heard the pastor that children need proper rest when they're in their home. Johnny does not get up aside and play. And here's the problem with childhood obesity. When a child starts to consume meals the size of an adult, the number of fat cells increases in that child. There is no child that should be able to put, eat me under the table. Children are trained to obey, but they're also trained to eat. In America, we are overfeeding our children. And it sets them up for adult obesity, where the cells have increased in before puberty, but now the size of those fat cells increase when they become adults. When they tell you, hey, were, were your parents type 2 diabetic, then you're going to be type 2 diabetic. Let me tell you what the lie is. Type 2 diabetes is not genetic. Type 2 diabetes is table. The same stuff. Look, they told your parents, you're developing type 2 diabetes. You need to change your lifestyle. You need to get out more with your kids. You need to be active. You need to change your plates. Your parents never came home and said, okay, Johnny. I only picked Johnny because I don't remember anybody in this church called Johnny. I didn't want anybody. Okay, Johnny, you know what? I'm going to get this pizza with pepperoni and all this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm telling y'all what. I'm, I know you Adventists. Y'all are good and all this stuff. But the number one takeout food is pizza with pepperoni. But I'm just trying to show you what other households do, not yours. John, okay, Johnny, I'm going to eat this pizza with the pepperoni and all this stuff. But you know what? Because you're a child, I don't want you to have anything of what I'm having. The parents were feeding the children the same things that they were eating. And so type 2 diabetes is behavioral. It's not genetic. So when they ask you, did your parents have type 2 diabetes, they're trying to ask you, wait, did your parents feed you the same stuff they were feeding you? So this is why it's important, because to avoid becoming that second number on the statistic of death, we have to make sure the health of our children and ourselves is equal and good. All right, so we're, get, we're getting there. Apoptosis was programmed cell death without inflammation, but here is the trick, and this is the sauces program somebody asked me about. People don't know that your portion size of the exact same meal determines if you become obese or not. 
Did you hear what I just said? So let's say you go to McDonald's. When I was a kid, they had Happy Meal. Happy Meal turned into, would you like to get the large fries for a dollar more? So here's what happens. You could eat a meal, the same meal, but as you increase the portion sizes of the meal, your glands start to grow. I did a study on sleep apnea. You know what I found? That the majority of people who, who developed sleep apnea were eating big meals and then going to bed. Eating big meals and then going to bed. They would actually brag, oh, doc, I have no sleeping problems. When I get home, I have dinner, and I fall asleep. Like some of you are doing right now, but at least it's lunchtime. <laughs> so you all can wake up and, you know, get your little stretch on and your little walk on. You get your SDA hymnal app and just put a little jazz of blues to it all the way. <coughs> My Savior leaves. <coughs> you, you're not MC Hammer, you SDA Hammer. All right. So here's the thing about the, the, the size of the meals. When that insulin signal gets too strong and it's commanding your cells to grow, 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 you jump past apoptosis, which is a program cycle for your cells to grow, and now it goes into a program cycle of your cells to die. So, when you overeat that meal, don't worry, I'm going to give you some solutions. They're going to be some simple solutions. I don't want to just give you gloom and doom. Y'all be, man, I don't want that doctor coming back here. He just told me that I'm, everything I'm eating is making me put on weight and get diabetes. I'm going to give you some simple <laughs> solutions of what you need to do so you don't become a statistic. But when your cells, and this is why I called it slave food or food making us slaves, when your, when your cells get that signal, there's going to be one of three things that it does. Number one is obesity. Now, here's what I want to show you of the, the field for Adventists. Right now, this was in 2021. We'll get the new statistics probably about 2024, 2025. 41 of all states in the United States of America, more than 35% of our population is obese. 41 states. And when we look at the world, we are leading the world in obesity statistics. And the reason why we're leading the world in obesity statistics is food is cheap, food is available. As a matter of fact, now they're even giving food away free. Buy one, get one, free. The other thing overeating does and eating big meal sizes is your cells, they start to grow before they were programmed to die, and this is what we call premature aging. So one is obesity, the other one is premature aging, and here's the danger to those children, where we increase the number of cells in their body when you get a strong enough growth signal, you get grow, 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 tumor, cancer. Most of the cancers are diet-based. There's a couple of them that are genetic. And those are the ones where people die unexpectedly, but the majority of them are coming from our plates. So big meals equal big insulin response, 
it's very important that we make sure that our kids, before they hit puberty, they become active. They don't, and this is usually about 17 or 18, so that they can stop this pattern of growth. Every child right now who is above their ideal body weight is at high risk of developing cancer. And that could be anywhere, because any cell can grow. And don't be fooled by these terms. Organic food, vegetarian, vegan, etc. Let me tell you why. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm always appreciate when people ask me, are you vegetarian, are you vegan, do you eat this, do you don't eat this, you don't eat that. Let me show you how the devil has fooled us. Organic food is no better than, than inorganic. I'll tell you, this carrots same, produces the same amount of vitamin A, whether it's organic or not. It's not the food. It's the quality. Right. And we're living in an environment where all your food is poison, whether you want to believe the label or not. But I do want to give you some ways to eat healthier. And the way that you eat healthier, remember, the growth of your, your cells, the health of your cells, is dependent upon the insular response of your food. So the research that I conducted was we looked at when people ate foods, what was the insulin response produced by those foods? And that's called the glycemic index. The glycemic index tells you when you eat a food, is it causing you to release a little bit of insulin, lesser disease? A little bit more insulin, bigger disease. A lot of insulin, big chance of disease. Now, folks, this doesn't mean that you eat one meal and all of a sudden you're sick. This is a practice, practice of at least 10 to 15 years that sets you up for how you're going to spend 50 till sunset. So that's what I'm going to focus on, and then we're done. So let's look at the first thing. The glycemic index is this is low growth, low to moderate growth, moderate to high growth of your cell, high growth of your cell. The first thing the index tells us is pancakes are a good food to eat once in a while, but if you're having pancakes every day or some form of fried flour every day for breakfast, you're giving your body a high signal of growth. Pastor, I got you this afternoon. Hold on to him. He's going to shout when we get to a certain slide. Okay? I didn't come here by accident. I now know why I came all this way to get this one slide for you. Trust me. You hold on. Man, you, 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 you're going to like this. So pancakes are a high glycemic index, not okay to eat on the weekends every once in a while, but not every day for the staple American breakfast that most people think. But I saw a lot of Waffle Houses out here. And I saw half the people couldn't fit through the door in the Waffle House. Once in a while, but not every day. Here we go. If you like ice cream, <laughs> let the church say, I got to get Pentecostal on this one. If you like ice cream, let me hear you say amen. If you like ice cream, let me hear you shout. <laughs> The glycemic index shows us that 
foods that some said were bad for us. Sorry, Sister Fields. No, I know she didn't say that. Are actually good for us. Peanut butter, plain yogurt, and low-fat ice cream are provoking ourselves low growth, low to moderate, but not high and high growth. So low-fat ice cream is not a cancer-causing food. Neither is peanut butter. Let me tell you how you use this on a practical basis. Kids like peanut butter and jelly. So you just put more peanut butter, less jelly on the kid's sandwich. How you use this is, you know what? The good thing about low-fat ice cream is that the flavor is not influenced by the fat content. Other foods, it's the fat that gives it the flavor. But lo and behold, this is my beloved doctor. <laughs> In him I am well pleased. Ice cream is the one food where you can preserve the flavor and get rid of the fat, and it's actually a good food. Say hallelujah, Baskin Robbins. <laughs> so peanut butter, yogurt, and low-fat ice cream are producing a low insulin response. This is a good combination how to make your sandwiches and also what you can and cannot have for dessert. All right? The next thing is, here we go. The WHO, World Health Organization, actually 15 years ago, I told them that those sweeteners, stevia, these sweeteners that they were telling diabetics to use were cancer-causing. Why? Because all of those sweeteners produce a high insulin response. If you're producing a high insulin response, you get grow, 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 cancer. So what those sweeteners were doing were dropping the blood sugar a little bit, but then increasing your risk for cancer. Does that sound like a good deal? My A1C is dropping, but I'm developing another cancer. Well, God all along had a solution for it. It's called raw bees honey. Raw bees honey is low, low to moderate glycemic index. And guess what? All you need is two or three drops. You can bake with it. You can put it in your drinks. If you have children that tell you they don't like the taste of water, put two drops of the raw bees honey in the water. Guess what? They're getting zero calories. Here's the thing about raw bees honey. It's literally two to three calories in a full teaspoon. And that's too sweet. Oh, question? Yeah. Uh, where? Yes, beets. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that. The, the reason, okay, so let me give you a rule about fruits and vegetables. It 90% will cover it. If the fruit or vegetable has a large seed or little seed, it usually has a good glycemic index. But the ones that don't have seeds tend to be a higher glycemic index. And that beets falls into that. <laughs> so when we're looking at the, the insulin response, raw bees honey produces a smaller insulin response, whereas all of those sweeteners that you were told were diabetic friendly are producing a large insulin response and increasing your risk for cancer. What I'm trying to show you is 
God did have a way of escape for us even with diet, but you got to be taught that from a scientific standpoint so that we all know how to live. Okay? If you have any questions, don't worry. I'll be around here to answer questions afterwards. Um, here's the other thing. The way you prepare your foods influences the type of insulin response, even if it's the same food. So look at the glycemic index. Baked potato chips has a lower incidence of spiking your insulin than fried potato chips. So if you have a choice between the baked versus the fried and you're trying to improve your diet, you want to go with baked. If you have a choice between the macaroni that's baked or fried, you're better off going with the baked. I use this example because one of the challenges parents have is with their kids and chips. Because they'll tell you, nah, I don't like those baked potato chips. They taste like paper. <laughs> well, here's what you do. You mix them. And this is what you do. You use this as a rule, either for your own cooking or your own choices. Because the French fries are just a form of fried potato. The baked fries are just a form of baked potato. But look at how this changes. Fried chicken, baked chicken. Fried zucchini, baked zucchini. It's the same thing. I get this all the time where some of our members don't realize that even if it's a vegetable, if you fry it, you've already changed the glycemic index. I was dealing with um, a group of, uh, have you guys ever heard of tempura? What it is is, is vegetables that they put the batter on, it's fried. They, they, there was this group trying to do a study on eating tempura, trying to say, oh yeah, it's healthy. And they all came down with diabetes and they couldn't figure out why. Tells you right here. Right, but it's all vegetable. But it's all vegetable. We can't. The way you prepare your food also affects it. We're almost there. So when you bake your foods, you have a smaller glycemic index. When you fry your foods, you have a larger glycemic index. This is one of the things that is killing our people. It's fried foods. They used to say that, you know, you, um, the reason why we don't have chickens. because we can't wait to eat them. <laughs> well, folks, I I'm a brother, so I can make jokes about us, okay? No nobody else. Don't get any ideas. But I want to show you that when you fry any food, it changes the glycemic index of it. Here's the other thing. Any food that you process, it changes it from its natural form to a processed form, it changes the glycemic index. What are raisins? Fermented grapes. So when you're consuming raisins, it's not a bad food, but the thing is that if you're consuming a lot of raisins versus the natural grape, or if you're taking the grape and turning it into a raisin, you're changing the glycemic index. Because there are people who will tell you, I don't like the fruit. So I eat the fruit roll-ups. Oh, 
Y'all remember now and later? Y'all remember watermelon now and later? Apple now and later? And we were giving it to our kids. Oh, okay, Johnny. I know you don't like, like apples, but I'm going to give you the apple flavor now and later. And look at what you're doing. You're giving them a processed food. Now, now I have to tell this to my senior. You know, I don't know where we got this concept that the best cure for constipation is prune juice. Let me tell you something. I always Look, anytime I have to find any of my older relatives and I don't know where they live, I always look for, for some pharmacy that's out of prune juice. What is this? You know, I, I know old people that they got to have that prune juice right next to the, right next to the bed. Don't you move my prune juice. We're going to have some problems up in here. I mean, folks, what, the, what, what does prune juice come from? No. Plums. Prune juice is a form of processed plum. Can I give you a little secret? Do plums have a big seed or a little seed? That means that the sugar in the plum is not high glycemic index. And guess what? If you eat enough plums, what will you do, number one or number two? <laughs> so I tell my old people, eat the plum. Don't drink the prune juice, especially if you're diabetic. Oh, Lord, my sugar done gone up. Call Dr. Ross. First question. Um, where are you calling me from? Man, I'm on the toilet because I got the runs. <laughs> but my blood sugar up. <laughs> How long ago did you drink the prune juice? How did you know I'm drinking prune juice? You got a camera up in here? <laughs> Folks, eat the, eat, eat the plums. Why are you drinking all that prune juice? You're not going to have a lot of friends? And when it's bingo night, you, 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 now I tell you, that's why the bus kept leaving you. They don't want you flatulating up there on, on the bus. There's only so many bumps that the bus goes over where you can try to hide what you just did. We got old people damaging themselves, drinking prune juice, when you could just eat a plum every day and go naturally safely <laughs> and don't need all that look, look America's having a problem with this because we're eating more and more uh, Miralax and, and, and Metamucil and all this stuff when it's the natural fruits and vegetables which according to the glycemic index also stops stimulating your cells to grow we're almost there so grapes produces a small insulin response, but when you start processing any food, now you go from that to a larger fire. Now here's the thing that's going to shock the church to its foundation. Veggie foods. I didn't say meat. Somebody did, though. <laughs> Is veggie meat the real beef? Is veggie chick the real stuff? And here's the thing. According to the glycemic index, 
any processed food that you take from its natural form becomes a high glycemic index. It's producing a high glycemic response. It's producing a high insulin response, and it's causing your cells to grow, even if it's a veggie substitute. Mock duck. <laughs> Southern fried veggie chicken. They even put, they, you know, to get the hook. So just be, just be careful with the processed foods. We're almost there. Even some of your vegetables you got to be careful of. Low glycemic index is broccoli, tomatoes. High glycemic is pineapple. So why do I use this slide? Pizza's not a bad food. It's not, it really isn't. It's the toppings you put on the pizza that make it a bad food. One of the most popular pizzas ordered is Hawaiian. And it has pineapple and pepperoni. So look at what ha what's happening is one says pastor. <laughs> you need an associate? <laughs> All right, folks. So those of you taking pictures, I can send you the slides. Because here's the thing about pizzas. It's your toppings. And according to the research I made, somebody's going to say hallelujah. We already got one, one parishioner who's happy about ice cream. Now I'm going to make somebody happy about pizza. The vegetarian pizza is low glycemic index. The thing that jumps up the glycemic index of pizza, which I know you good Adventists don't eat, is pepperoni. But here's what Adventists do do. <laughs> they'll, get, they'll, get the, they'll get the veggie pizza and put the mock chicken, <laughs> the mock duck, so you ruin the benefit by putting on the processed food. <laughs> Small, large fire. And now here's the thing that's going to shock you. Most of those breakfast cereals that you thought were good, they had Bruce Jenner. Is he still Bruce Jenner? I don't know. What Remember Tony the Tiger? They're great. You should have known the devil was trying to trick you when a tiger's talking. Puffed wheat, pancakes, cornflakes, bagels. Oh, man, this is where I struggle. Those cinnamon, cinnamon raisin bagels. Can, does anybody feel me? We need to start a support group. We need to call each other in the morning. Are you eating a cinnamon bagel? Yes, I am. Let's pray about it so you can remove that sin from your mouth. I struggle with this one. I ain't even making it up. But all of these breakfast cereals are high glycemic index. So most of the breakfast cereals that we eat are high glycemic index. There's some, there's some other alternative. We're almost done. Rice, be careful. Brown rice is low until you eat too much of it. 
And remember we talked about bananas? They have seeds in them, but they're tiny seeds. Let's see who was paying attention. If you have hypertension and a volume problem, what was the fruit that we said you could eat every day to get potassium? How many bananas? What was the, what was the, the, the chemical in it that the banana had or the, uh, in it that, that is a diuretic? Potassium. How many milligrams? 450. You know what? I, you guys were paying attention. Pa pat yourself on the back. You pulled that out. And that was a pop quiz, and you all got it right. No. Uh-uh. No. That's different. <laughs> That's, that's a processed one. So here's the thing about rice. Be careful with the amount of rice you eat because brown rice in a single or, or double serving is okay. But once you start packing it on, like eating too much rice, which is usually three to four servings, now it starts to go to high. But look at this. Even if you go with the brown rice higher servings, it's still low to moderate, moderate to high. But look where white rice starts out, moderate to high, and it only gets higher. So small fire brown rice, a large fire could be brown or white rice, depending upon, or insulin response, the quantity that you eat. And here is the case for those that want to promote the vegetarian, vegan, uh, any sort of no animal product diets. Most of these foods on here that are natural, even the wild rice, which is a more natural form of rice, strawberries, soybeans, from which we get so plums, pears, peanuts, lentils, kidney beans, cruciferous vegetables, green leafy, grapefruit, cherries, cashews, black beans, barley, are all small fire or low insulin response, low glycemic index. So when you eat that food, it's telling your body to do one to two things, one to three things, I'm sorry. It's telling it to grow, which is obesity. It's telling it to grow, which is premature aging. Or it's telling it to grow, which is a precancerous. And we can follow those principles that I just laid out to decrease your chances of developing the second reason why people die, which is a preventable disease, and that is obesity and cancer. I hope that you learned something. If, like I said, you need any of the slides, uh, any picture, I'll send it to you because pastor said this last night and I want you guys to think the same thing. I want you to make this your own presentation. Go, go to community center or wherever. You don't have to put my name on it. Just say, hey, I'm part of the community. I want to teach the community how to eat better, how to live better. And as they learn more about you, then they'll want to find out, where did you find out all these good things? Well, I go to church named T.O.P. I didn't know that's what y'all are learning and teaching at church. I want to go because I see something that I could get benefit from that will help me to live a better life. And folks, that is the gospel. Fishing in a pond with the right type of bait to reel in those fish that Jesus wants us to catch. God bless you and thank you. I'll, I'll answer a couple of questions or, you know, if we're... Yes. Yeah, do we have another mic? So it is, are, are we still streaming so that the, okay.
right, let me, let, me, let me give the pastor the mic, and I'll take the associate pastor. <laughs> no, this is the pastor's mic. He just turned it on in the back. So we're going into our, our so that I read recently that when it comes to diabetes, uh, sugar, I mean, salt is not a problem because the body is able to regulate the amount of salt. It's able to expel the excess salt in your body. I want no, sure. Let's go back to the blood pressure lecture. Remember I said 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams a day doesn't tend to cause problems? But remember what the main thing salt does, not, not affecting the sugar, but it affects what? Who remembers? Volume, right. And so if you're eating too much salt, it's not going to affect your sugar as much. It's going to affect your volume, which then becomes a blood pressure problem. So if the salt is causing a volume problem, will I have symptoms in my head or my feet? And what will the symptom in my feet be? Swelling. You guys got it. So that's not a diabetes problem. That's a, a blood pressure problem when it comes to salt. Yeah. If it's too much. Any other questions? Okay. So you know, everybody is into sea salt and Himalayan pink salt. What's the benefit? The benefit is those salts don't have to have iodine infused. They're actually sources of natural iodine. Iodine, your thyroid needs to function. Your thyroid is the Napoleon of the body. It commands so many processes in your body. So the only benefit to the sea salt, the Himalayan salt, or natural forms of salt is they don't have to iodine fortify. But here's the thing. Don't, here's what we do. Don't think because it's a good thing that you can still, right, pile up on it because people can overdo it on Himalayan salt, sea salt. And now here's the thing, even though it's a better salt, you got two problems now. That iodine can overstimulate your thyroid and now you got a subclinical hyperthyroidism on top of you retaining fluids and now having a feet swelling problem. So too much of even a good thing, except the word of God, <laughs> is not good for you. So I have two questions. Yes. Cashews, I've always heard this thing about you don't eat the cashews, you're going to get fat, or you're going to get something with it. But I'm watching over here. So it's on the low glycemic. Does that mean that we can eat a handful or two handfuls? Or how does that work in a day? Yes. Here's the thing, two things about cashews, whether you can eat a handful or two handfuls. Cashews have a <laughs> the whole bag. Cashews have a complex sugar in them. If the cashew is great, one handful, and not causing you gas. Now, people always think I'm joking about gas, but no, that's a signal that, you know, you overdid something. Um, that's good. But if you start going to two handfuls and start getting the diary and the gas, just go back to one handful. But, yes, cashews are good food. Okay. Now, I'm not a diabetic, praise mm -hmm. the Lord. But you hear of um, A1C, and then, you know, Ozempic and all of that. And people who are not um, diabetics, what, 
what do you have to say about that with people taking those medications that they have out here now? I know it's not this, but. No, it, it, okay, so let me tell you how any of those, l let me give you a natural response to food. When your, when your abdomen feels full, when it's a good quality meal, three signals are sent to your uh, brain, basically, to stop eating. Ozempic is an artificial signal that accomplishes the same. So the only reason why it works is it's not changing any of your physiology, it's not changing any of your food addiction, it's not changing anything that you like to eat. What it's forcing you to do is eat less of it. So the problem is not you using the Ozempic, is when you stop it. The rebound weight gain is more dangerous than the weight you lost. And you know, can I just tell y'all a little secret? Look at the ways people, don't buy everything you see on TV without looking at the study. How many of you here have a PhD in research? Let me show you, you don't need a PhD to find out the evil these people did. When they conducted the trial for Ozempic, None of the people were above 35 BMI. They were actually close to normal body weight. That, it gets better than this. Every two weeks, the, P, the, the P enrollments in the trial met with a doctor, met with a nutritionist, and a personal trainer. Does that sound good? Here, let, let's make it a little better. And every, everybody involved in the trial was less than 35 on their BMI, met for free with a personal trainer, a doctor, and a nutritionist every two weeks, and they were paid $1,000 a month for one to 18 months to do what the doctor, the nutritionist, and the personal trainer said. So anybody in here have a PhD in research? Do you need a PhD in research to see how they fool people with this medicine? So here's what's gonna happen. Make sure there's no secret cameras in here. Okay. Here's what's gonna happen. All the people using Ozembic or Wegovi, et cetera, make sure you have enough space in your bank account in about 10 years when a commercial comes out that says, if you've been using Wegovi or Ozempic and have developed a pancreatic cancer, rebounded weight gain to the point where you now develop diabetes, you may be a participant in a class action lawsuit. Now here's the part that you need to know. Leave your bank account open for the whole $5 you will be reimbursed. Can I tell y'all something real quick? I'm not even making this up. I got, I remember Zantac? I, these people found out, they have all sorts of access to your information. They found out I was a black man, and supposedly black men have explosive prostate cancer. So these people wrote me a letter. Have you ever used Zantac? I said, no. Are you a black man? I said, yes. Well, you may be entitled. <laughs> so they kept sending me stuff, sending me stuff, saying that my name has been included in the lawsuit because I could have used Zantac and developed prostate cancer, and she's a witness to this. One day I get a check, a whole $3. I'm like, yeah, if I had prostate cancer, this is really going to do it. I got three bucks to go out and buy more Zantac. But, folks, um,
The problem with those medicines is it's, 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 it's the rebound and it's the fact that they just force you to stop eating and it was the, the, the publicity came out on the false pretense. I'm not making this up. And all they're doing is saving up and making money so that they can cash out on those class action lawsuits where you'll get a whole $5 for those medicines ruining your life. Last thing I'll say, and I'll get to your question about those. If you're using those meds, you better hope you don't end up in the ER and need anesthesia. The reason why is those ne the, the way those meds work, they paralyze your bowels. So you can't move the food. So you eat, eat, and oh, I feel full because you can't move the food. Well, guess what? If your food is not moving, there's something that's stuck in there. It don't smell too good. It don't look too good. What they're finding in the ERs, and, uh, and now the other thing is people before they have bariatric surgery have been running down to Mexico getting forms of Ozempic is the anesthesiologist can't complete the surgery, the GI doctor can't complete the colonoscopy, the bariatric surgeon can't do the surgery because they open up the patient and they find that their bowels are paralyzed with stool. So they have to close them back up, tell, them, tell your primate to figure out why your bowels aren't moving, before they can do surgery. None of that is coming to light because the Kardashians and all the superstars producing this have access to cooks, have access to personal trainers, and they have access to your minds. All right. Be careful. Yes, question. Okay, so what about those of us who have prescribed that because we're either diabetic or insulin resistant? How do we wean off of that? And or which? The, the, the Okay. Here's the thing. The formula has not changed. Um, I, pu I published a study that shows for you to be uh, 30 pounds above your normal body weight, you have to be consuming three to four times a week 10,000 calories. The problem that most people run through is that they're not consistent. What they say they're doing as a diet is not consistent. It's 80%. So the weaning off actually goes back to square one. Not you personally, but I'm saying people that say they change their diet, they're doing all that, it's not true, and here's why. There are many people who have food addictions for a certain reason, and what they consider cheating, oh yeah, no, you know, I did, I ate my salad today, but man, I'm craving that apple pie, or whatever it is. They continue to do it to where they're consuming 10,000 calories three to four times a week. The, when that can be pierced, then a person will not need those medications. Y'all don't like me too much now, do you? So the, the, it goes back to the bottom line. If you're active, if you follow a good diet, you will not develop diabetes. The people that typically follow my program, the lower six, that's they tell me all the time. I was pre-diabetic. I started just the simple water. I'll give you one of them. They're all free. You can go on my website, on my Instagram page. I need a couple of followers. You know, I'm hoping somebody will discover me one day, and I'll get a lot of money. Then I can write a check to every church that I like. You know, I ain't playing games. If I become famous, every pastor I like, then they're getting a check. Here, take your wife on a nice vacation, but don't eat the pineapple in Hawaii. Um, and eat lots. Okay, no, but um, what, here's, here's one of the rules, okay? Here's one of the rules. 
that will save you 2,000 of those, not you, but anybody listening. It's called the water room. And here's the water room. You have to give your brain something it needs to make it through the day. So don't tell me what it is. You can have four ounces of what you need, what you like to drink, in the morning with breakfast. But every meal after that, you can only drink water. My research has shown that you, 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 burn, you uh, save 2,000 calories. You do not consume 2,000 calories every day for five days. That's 10,000 calories right there. The brain needs a little bit of a fix. Don't tell me what it is. Four ounces, and if you do water the rest of the day, you'll be surprised at the results. The response I get from most people that log on, it's all free. You don't have to buy anything. They tell me, Doc, this water rule works because it makes sense. People tell me I start using raw bees honey in whatever they're drinking. Doc, I started losing. It works. So, you know, you, people, a person can decide. But diabetes is a, a avoidable, preventable disease. Type two. Yes. So I, got, I actually have two questions. The first one has to do with diabetes type two. Yeah. And I hear health, well, certain health care professionals say you can reverse type two diabetes. Only if it's caught early. Go, but go ahead. I'll, I'll, get okay, to, I'll okay. answer that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it an actual reversal when it's caught early and you do those steps to do that, or is it simply just managing it? No, the natural reversal comes with this, and this is what we can't figure out. In your pancreas, you have a certain amount of beta isolate cells, they're called. Now, when it's at the reversible point is when enough of those cells can still produce enough insulin to handle your meals. All that pre-diabetes reversal means is the person stopped over-challenging their cells so they can now process the meals that they consume. But here's the thing. Diabetes takes eight years to develop. Most people don't catch it until it's in the last six months. The insulin resistance starts in your muscles. So here's the thing. Here's how you know when you're actually pre-diabetic, even when the labs don't show it. When you start producing more fat versus muscle, you're actually in the first phase. Then the insulin resistance moves to the fat cells, and this is where the fatigue, uh, sometimes the sleep apnea, this is where all those other things associated with feeling tired come in. The last phase is when it starts to hit the end organs, and that sugar makes you sleepy, it makes you urinate too much, it makes you thirsty all the time, etc. So at that point, it is not reversible. Person has to be on medication. Okay. My second question is this. Um, I was actually at the pharmacy getting some of my vaccinations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't even know that was possible. How was that possible? Was it a male or female? Female. Okay, so if it's a female, uh, it could have been due to pregnancy. It could have been due to they have an inflammatory disorder. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, you know, something like that. So it, it can, 
the inflammatory process is indiscriminate. It can attack the pancreas, the thyroid, the liver, the kidneys, and that's how you get treated by the specialist. So what probably happened to her was if she didn't have a baby, she had an inflammatory disorder, that inflammation was destroying some of the pancreas cells. Yeah, and that's how she went from type two to type one. Type two is due to inflammation or infection, but ultimately, too many of those uh, beta isolate cells get wiped out and they do not regenerate, they're permanent. Yeah, it's called, this is the other thing, when I used to teach, nope, it's not the A1C, it's called C-peptide. So here's the thing, if you really wanna know, you ask your doctor, whoever's treating you, next time I do my blood test, I need to know my C-peptide level. The C-peptide level will tell you when you're going from type two to type one. But what has happened is we don't teach students anymore to think. We teach them to prepare, prepare for tests. This is why I'm so against standardized testing. And so these little tricks of the trade that would actually help people be better and know what's coming down the road, most students today don't know. These are people, I don't care if they went to Harvard or wherever, most of them don't know it. It's not part of regular practice. And it's an easy, simple test to do. And it's something you would want to know. I would want to know, hey, am I at high risk of type 1 diabetes if I'm already type 2? And it's a simple test called the C-peptide. Any, any, yes. Get, get, get your 50 steps in, but break a sweat, please. She was talking about the shots and everything that you get. You know, there's a um, pneumonia shot, there's a shingles shot. Mm -hmm. I'm particularly talking about shingles. Now, I've never had chicken pox mm -hmm. before. Do you suggest that I get the shingles shot? I'm, I'm 52 or not? I got it. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because, because it's not going to 100% prevent you from getting it but it decreases your chances. All that those, now, you gotta be careful with conspiracy theorists. And that only seemed to come about when a certain person was president. Um, you know, they say nuts, they all hang out in the same bag. You know, it's easy to, but okay, so here's all that vaccines do. And they're actually better now. They expose your body to something that looks like the virus, so the body starts the process of developing a defense. The vaccine does, so, and, and anytime you get sick, here's, here's the thing that's interesting. If you were to look at the complications from people actually getting shingles versus the complications from people getting the vaccine, the ones that actually get the shingles do a lot worse than the one or two people that get an adverse reaction to a vaccine. But what happens is you have uneducated people living in a trailer park who watch, uh, <laughs> okay, a another uneducated person giving them advice, and they come up and flood the airways with all this foolishness. Until the Lord comes, I'm getting every vaccine available because this world is becoming more and more toxic. It's not because I'm paranoid, because I see what's coming under the microscope. Mm. 
Yeah, here's the thing. There's the, the herpes virus, there's, there's three, 300 of them in the family. So we know about HSV-1, HSV-2. We, need, we know a little about HSV-3. We have no idea what the other viruses do. When we are born, the first thing is those viruses, bacteria try to attack us. This skin here is your number one defense mechanism. Right now, you got bacteria on you. Even if you wash your hands, even if you took a shower, those bacteria are there, Staph, Staphylococcus aureus. And they're just looking for a cut, a scratch to get in. The thing that amazes me, you know, speaking about this uh, with, you know, chicken pox, um, if you got it, are you more at risk? If you didn't get it, you know, le less risk, et cetera, is it would amaze you how much if, you, if we went through physiology, how great God is that every day we're fighting stuff off. You get a cold every day. You just don't know it because you fought off the symptoms. Your body is trying to start a cancer every day. This is why when I used to counsel people who unfortunately got a cancer and they wanted to curse God and die, I said, you know what? You made it 49 years fighting off all the other cancers. This one just got through. Every day you're fighting cancer. Every day you're fighting a bacteria. Every day you're fighting a virus. Give God the glory that you just didn't show symptoms that we had to put a mask on your face. It's to God be the glory. All right, any other questions? I think that's about it. Thank you once again for inviting me. And once again, just email me if you want the slides. Teach and reach. Time is too short. Amen. Elder Kwame, did you? You could? Okay. Um, Doc did mention that um, we'll be able to get a copy of those slides or some of those slides, so we'll get together, and if you want those, we can make sure that you get them. And I um, want you to go out and, and share this message. This is the best health message, if I can say for myself, that I've ever uh, been a part of. This one right here was at the top. I'm going to be honest with you. No, no. It was because of you, Doc. I'm serious. Uh, on last night, I was really taken to another level um, with the blood pressure. Uh, the ice cream did help. I'm going to have to just slide that in there. Um, but the information, it was so powerful. Um, and, you know, we, we're at the top already. So, I mean, you can't get no higher than the top. So, um, But we praise God for you, Doc. And we pray that um, God will continue to bless your ministry and that um, you will continue to go on and do bigger and better, better things. And, um, and once you get there, remember what you said. You said the pastors. Okay. So. <laughs> Is that all right? Amen. <laughs> but at this time, I'm not going to belabor you any longer. Um, I ask that you will stand, and I guess we'll close out um, our time together. We want to thank those that are still online. I'm not sure if we are, but we want to thank you for joining in with us as well. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for another beautiful, amazing um, time here. Um, we thank you for the information that we received. And we pray, Lord, that as we learn um, today, that it is not just information that we received and felt good today, but we will make it applicable um, to our daily lives, that we'll be mindful of the things that we put in our bodies. Um, and we pray, oh God, that um, it will help us to become better. Um, we thank you so much for Dr. Ross. Pray your blessings upon him as they continue to travel and be with us as we depart from this place, but never from your presence. This we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Consider yourselves dismissed.